Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a just a beautiful Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next couple of hours, talking sports with you, and thanks for giving us some of your time uh, here this morning into the afternoon as KXNO is back to local programming for the next seven hours. Our BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. It's a busy one. We're going to be all over the map. Bottom of the hour, we'll start with our friend Matt Snyder, who soon will be a weekly contributor throughout the baseball season, cbssports.com. Catch up with Matt Snyder. He's a Hall of Fame voter. We'll do some MLB topics, with tomorrow being the 1st of February, pitchers and catchers two weeks away, and away we go, Matt Snyder at 11.30. The voice of the Kansas City, the Super Bowl-bound Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holt is scheduled to join us at 10 minutes before noon. Papa John Central Iowa makes that possible. Hopefully Mitch's schedule will allow uh, him to spend some time with our Des Moines or Central Iowa audience here uh, today. Adam Emenecker kicks off our number two, our weekly look at the Missouri Valley Conference, hoops-wise. G-Migs in Valley Junction uh, sponsor Adam Emenecker's weekly appearance with us and then also uh, backs that up on Friday uh, with an appearance with uh, Heather and Sean on the KXNO Drive. But we've got him at 12.05 before we head to Chicago and catch up with our buddy David Kaplan. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors the Capman. We'll talk Chicago sports with Cappy at 12.30. Trent's plays of the day. Circus, boy, we're all sponsored here. Yeah, that's good. It is a good thing. Circus Sports Sponsors, Matt's, Matt's, Matt, where did I get Matt? Matt? Trent's plays of the day. Coming Matt up. Condon over here. Matt Condon and Ken Miller. Good to see you, Matt. What's new? <laughs> I'm doing well. Good. Had a good night last night. Bounced back. Until you got home <laughs> yeah. and, and plugged in, not the DVR. But yeah, rewatching the yeah. Uh, Iowa game. Yeah, getting ready for the start of my high school game last night and watching the last couple of minutes of it. Missed a couple of things uh, there down the stretch. And yeah. Unfortunately, on the rewatch, it didn't change. It no, was, sadly. Uh, same. And you had a low-scoring game that you called last night, yeah, right? Yeah, 37-36. Johnston at home falls to Waukee Northwest. Northwest led by 10 with like three minutes wow. left. 10 nothing run, and then a free throw was the difference in the end. But, uh, well, you wonder, how is it low-scoring? Yeah, Courtney it? Henderson uh, goes from Hoover mm-hmm. over to Johnston. Mm-hmm. And you know the way Coach Henderson, even with the shot clock, his teams defend you. Yep. Really uh, entertaining game. My first look at the Dragons, though they fall uh, impressive. And Waukee Northwest... They got a really nice squad. A lot of nice pieces there. Of course, lost a ton from last year's team, but uh, some guys that had some minutes a year ago. And their sophomore post player, my player of the game last night, he was outstanding. How, how tall is he? Like six seven, not right. overly tall, yep. but really skilled around the basket. I mean, he was taking some contact in there and finishing really good with the baby hook. So he was really solid in the game. Uh, a fun one, man. Getting geared up now, back into the swing of things as we finish up January and. Two weeks away from state wrestling. Wow. It's going to be here Jesus. before you know it. In fact, Saturday over in Coralville, the girls' state tournament's happening right now in Coralville. And then on Saturday will be the dual competition. For years, they moved it to that Wednesday before traditional state. Coaches hated it. I mean, you saw some of the uh, numbers that came out. It was like 88% of the coaches didn't want it on Wednesday, <laughs> yet they kept it there for 15 years because they rent the building. Right. They already had paid the rent. Yep. They went back the way that's best for the kids. I and mean, we saw kids that get injured on the eve of the traditional state tournament, wrestling in the dual tournament. 
Yes, you want to win for your team, but ultimately it's about the individual. No, and I agree with you. Saw that happen so often. Now it can happen anytime. We know that, but this is the right place for it. Well, I'm, when the coaches to, to with that many, right. I mean that that's a big number. Getting eighty eight percent of anybody. Well, and you're wrestling three matches if you make the finals. That's a toll. Right before you get ready yep. for yep. for almost every wrestler, the most important part of it, mm-hmm. wrestling in the traditional state tournament. So that'll be back over and there. That's in two weeks away. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Um, there there is some news on the gambling front. Just real quick mm-hmm. on this, I don't I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, the D- the Dep- Department of Public Safety, who uh, the Attorney General Brenna Bird said would uh, would uh, make the statement they have. Uh, this is a part and parcel of their statement. This comes from our, our colleague, uh, Keith Murphy's Twitter feed. Uh, uh, quoting the, the release, we believe the evidence was obtained in a constitutionally permissible manner. We believe the evidence was obtained in a constitutionally permissible manner. Russia's constitution? I'm certainly not a constitutional scholar by any means, <laughs> right. but boy, with the Fourth Amendment that I read, uh-huh. or not, I didn't read it all, just the, you know, the, what do you guys call, we held them Cole's Notes, what did you guys call them? Cole's Notes? You know, the little, the little cheat book you, when you had to read a novel, you didn't have those? No. Oh, God, we did. <laughs> Had to read a book, and, and somebody took the book. And, I think there were spark notes is what we had. Is that what you had? Yeah, okay. spark notes. All right, well, we had Cole's notes. Anyways, um, I, 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 the Fourth Amendment paragraph that I read, um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, this part I do I, I absolutely 100% concur. We want to reassure Iowans that the department always strives to scrupulously uphold the laws and constitutions of the United States. Ultimately, the courts will decide. And he's right. Yes. About that. And I don't think he'll decide in their favor, but if that's just me from, you know, the 40,000 feet view, um, constitutionally permissible without a warrant? If you missed this a week ago, the Fourth Amendment, or you haven't caught up on your government classes, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think they sought a warrant. No. So um, we'll see. Anyways, we'll see. All right. The Hawks last night, we had, we had this game as a must-win game last night for Iowa. If they had any, um, they had to get on a roll, right? And I guess it's still hypothetically uh, the pathway to Iowa getting to the big dance is still there. Yeah. I mean, do you think they're going to win the Big Ten tournament? I don't. Do you think they're going to knock off Illinois no. twice in Wisconsin? I don't uh, to get those quad wins. This was an important game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do the positive first. They're down 17. That's not positive. <laughs> but they came back from that deficit, Trent, and actually took a lead in the basketball game, but couldn't close the deal. Um, Freeman and Cricky, their two bigs, were a combined three for 12. Okay, you're going to have bad shooting nights. Mm-hmm. Rebounding his effort and combined, those two had five. Come on. Cricky, when he's not scoring, he's almost unplayable. Well, he's and he he's was, not a good rebounder. Nope. He's a bad defender. Yep. One of eight in the first half, finished one of nine, so only took one more shot after the first 20 minutes. Played 26. I mean, that's got to be close to a season low outside of maybe some blowout games. Uh, scrolling through here, 22 against Nebraska, 20 against Wisconsin. Foul trouble in both of those games. But yeah, this is towards the bottom of that one. He struggled, and it was, we talked about where inside, and boy, is he a load. Cliff notes is what you guys Cliff call notes. Him. Thank you, J.A. Scott. 
Cliff Notes. What did you call them? Spark Sparkies? Notes. Spark Notes. Spark Notes. Okay, Cliff Notes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Spark Notes is a thing, too. Is it this yeah, thing, yeah. too? So it's the same thing as Coles, Cliff, and Spark? I think, yes. Just like whoever invented Kleenex had the patent for the first <laughs> right. 11 years, and then everybody's got their own. Then it's uh, just tissues. Just tissues now. Tissues, yeah. All right. Uh, anyways. Um, so back back to the game itself. They came back. They, they, they were in it for a while, but Mantran... Look, Patrick McCaffrey made a phenomenal pass, and what an incredible uh, call. Uh, they, they drew up this play to get Sanford the ball. I mm-hmm. thought it was a three. I did. I he did, did too. Yep. Here's the thing. I think he had his toe on the line, and, and the official was closer to it than we were. Mm-hmm. But there was no clear view of that. Which was crazy. I mean, the amount of cameras that are there, the amount of angles that we normally get, and there wasn't anything close. Nothing. You there- couldn't tell. I understand. This is not, you know, think of the Elite Eight game. What was that with, uh, was it Corey Lucius from Michigan State and how close? And they kept zooming uh, in and enhancing. Well, enhancing. How about Kevin Durant in, in, yes. in, that, in the playoff game against Milwaukee? Yeah, I get a regular season game yeah. different on BTN as opposed to sure. some of the big moments that we mentioned there. However, there was nothing even close to definitive. Nothing clear. Uh-huh. Nothing. The angles were awful. They were low. Uh-huh. You couldn't. Nothing kind of up. I mean, we needed the Baylor court view. I mean, we probably would have been able to zoom onto that one yeah. and been able to get it. But yeah, regardless of that, a great play. It was a great play. We've seen Fran use that a couple of different times. That's a play that's worked out for them in the past. And there was what, 2.9, I want to say? 1.9, yeah. 2.9, something point. A little over two yeah. on the shot clock. Yeah. And they've run it before. It's something that you'll see a lot oh. in the NBA. It takes a great pass to make it happen. And it was a great pass. I mean, a forty-five foot pass yep. across the court to get it into that corner. You don't get the three though. It only turns mm-hmm. into two. And then you go down the floor, Trent, and Patrick McCaffrey sags off. What's the kid's name? Uh, he's a freshman. Uh, the guard that came. Uh, uh, Cops. Cops. Yeah. Cops comes in. His only shot of the games. Nothing but that. And had no one guarding him. And mm-hmm. Patrick McCaffrey just, I don't know if he didn't think he was going to shoot. Um, but McCaffrey wasn't on him. And boom, right over the top. And essentially was game over. Dix made a play under the basket that sadly he just couldn't corral that offensive board. Yep. He's falling out of bounds. He's trying to make a play. It went off. Uh, I, I don't know which which one of his teammates' foot it went off. But, boy, he tried to make a play. If a would have, should have there, that one would have been a little bit of a different outcome. Tony Perkins, phenomenal again. Peyton yeah. Sanford, phenomenal again. Hurried a couple of shots, I thought, at the end. Uh, Sanford did, especially that 1-3 after he'd made that remarkable deuce. Uh, Dimbali, although he didn't score, nobody on the bench scored. I mean, uh, no. with the exception of Harding. Harding made 1-3. That was the only, uh, that were the only points that the bench got all night. It was, he had a bucket and two free throws. And two free throws. Yeah. And that was it. That's all. <sighs> You're not getting anything. No. Price Sanford is unplayable. Yeah. He's unplayable. There's just, there's not a reason for uh-uh. it right now. Nope. DeSante Bowen has fallen out of favor. He apparently has. Yeah, three minutes last night. Uh, I guess Harding is your backup there. Mm-hmm. It's, he had a shot that was just absolutely hideous, too. Although Harding, the, the, his one basket, that little floater yes. that he put in, that was a hell of a play. Well, and that's what he has to do. He's not a good shooter. He's just not. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, that was a knock against him when he was a sophomore in high mm-hmm. school. He shot it well last year. but oh, And, and is, who did he hit Darton? Was that him that hit Perkins going through the... Or was that Peyton Sanford that threw mm-hmm. that bounce pass? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. It was a hell of a play. Whoever did it, well done. I was watching that fast forward. So. Were you? <laughs> I was, I, it was a good game. With the comeback. Mm-hmm. With the, now, again, I thought I was going to get blown out of the gym. 
Uh, but to their credit, they come back in the game. But, man, they're bigs. That's going to be a tough watch when Freeman and Cricky sit down and rewatch the game. That's tough on them. Dix was he was, he was solid. Uh, he needs Peyton's, to be more aggressive. Do, do you want to see more out of yes, him? Yes. They have too many holes in their team for him not to be more mm-hmm. aggressive offensively. He's good enough. He's talented enough. He can beat people off the bounce. He and he's got down a big ten yeah. body for a guard. Yeah, too. he's six five. I yep. mean, just need more aggressiveness from him. And we'll see if that's something that comes. But the team's now lost three of their last four. Yeah. And the win in there, they're down double digits to Michigan too. Mm-hmm. An awful, mm-hmm. awful Michigan team. Yep. Until they prove it, let's slow down. I know we were making the case yesterday. Well, we, we were laying the, out a path, right? As much as anything. Until we see it now. I mean, until. If they win three in a row, okay, let, let's reinvest in this Iowa team. But right now, mm-hmm. it's a rebuilding year. Mm-hmm. It's about the youth. It's about getting those guys better. It's about finding NIL money to get Tony Perkins to come back for another year yeah. and get a running mate with him in the backcourt. That's for sure. That's, that's really the path forward for this team because Owen Freeman can be a star. Yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely is. He's on the cusp of being just that. Tony Perkins is a very good Big Ten yep. guard. Yep. Peyton Sanford's a player. He's a good player. He's a good, good player. solid player. Yep. They need help. Yep. And uh, so I was uh, keeping an eye last night and watched a lot of the highlights of the South Carolina road win at Tennessee. How about South Carolina? That's yeah. back-to-back Tuesdays they've knocked yes. off Giants. Yeah. Kentucky the week before and then come back on the road and beat Tennessee last night? For the first time Didn't since... you have them last night, by the way? Didn't have them, no. I you, had Georgia, old... uh, you had Georgia. You had I had Georgia Tech. Yeah. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Who won right. against beat Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this South Carolina team, 18-3 now. Two top ten wins over the last three games. First time mm-hmm. since the 1960s that they've done that. Jeez. But I was watching highlights and seeing B.J. Mack. Remember that name from last yes, summer? Yes, That Iowa was involved in? Uh-huh. If they would have got B.J. Mack as opposed to Ben Cricky, yeah. I think this team is on the other or side. Or even if they would have gotten masked from Nebraska. I think that's a toss-up. A more skilled offensive player is Cricky. Better defender is Mask. I think Mass can shoot it from the outside a little bit better, but more complete player with Cricket. I think he works with Freeman pretty well, uh, the way that he mm-hmm. is. But if B.J. Mack was a part of it, mm-hmm. if that would have happened instead, this Iowa team's 15-6. and six. They don't lo- lose last night. No, I don't think they so. They don't lose to Michigan and Maryland at home. Uh, no, and Maryland, Maryland's arrow's pointing up. He's Mar- good. Yeah. He's really good. And yeah. I think him, the gap between him and Cricket is that significant mm-hmm. that we'd be proud to come out a team that, Fifteen and six, cruising yeah. in. You know, can they get into a top, you know, seven, eight seed, something like that? Instead of the conversation we're having here today. Well, again, again with Cricky, you're going to have a bad shooting night, and God knows he did. It mm. was just awful. Yeah, right. But rebound the ball. He didn't have one defensive rebound. There's three rebounds. I guess you've got to give him credit for that because they had what four second chance points. They got killed. Second chance points. I wrote it down in my notes. It was like fifteen to four. I want to say was second chance points for. It them. didn't seem a lot higher than it that. did. Yeah. And and here's the kid. And, and you've pointed this out a million times. Who's the kid from Minnesota? A few years. Ago didn't do anything his entire Charles career. Bugs. There you go, your buddy, your guy uh, Bugs. Charles doesn't do Bugs. anything. Coming, he just kills Iowa. <laughs> Leal, the guard last night uh-huh. uh, for for Indiana. A he never plays. Had a career high last night. He had thirteen points. Trent, in his previous two years, he'd combined for sixteen no. points. He had fourteen points going into last night. 14 points going into the combined all year long goes for 13 last night. 
What a game he had. He was terrific. He was the difference in the basketball game. Yeah. From an Indiana perspective. He had the uh, second best offensive rating of anybody on the team. Number one, Gabe Cups. Yeah, Number who two, made that one shot? Anthony Leal. Uh-huh. Cups makes one shot. Patrick McCaffrey sags off him. No, they're nowhere near him defensively. Boom. Three. Game. Set. Match. How does this team continually play this bad defensively? It's not just... It's not physical mistakes. Physical mistakes you can understand, right? A guy beats you off the dribble. He's better off the bounce. Okay. It is the mental lapses that happen continually. Patrick McCaffrey, perfect example last night. wide open. Uh You look at the defense on that one. Go back to the Maryland game and just how hideous. Four different guys did the wrong thing. I had three, but if you want to say four, that's probably... That's... Four guys, three uh-huh. guys on a play, yeah. and it happens continually mm-hmm. with this team. Is it schematic? Is it? Can it be that know. bad? Fred's not coaching them to sag off a shooter like that. I get that. He's not coach, but they just not put in the time. Mm-hmm. Is it the scheme that know. they? I, it's baffling. Now we obviously watch a lot more Iowa and Iowa State than anything else, and I watch a lot of college basketball. I don't see teams, competent teams, that are this bad and just. Basic, fundamental defensive basketball as they are year after year. I, I, I yelled about it last week. Mm-hmm. Fran had an opportunity. He had an opportunity to yep. get a defensive gut coach to change the structure of his program. Mm-hmm. Beeline did. Yeah. Yep. And he was the guy that did it, and it led to a national championship game, a couple other Sweet 16 Elite Eights. It worked out incredibly well. Fran didn't, and here we are. Mm-hmm. It's a rebuilding year. Jack McCaffrey gets ready for next year, his final season at the high school level. The rumblings continue. Fran has looked different this year. He seemed different. A lot more emotion. Well, he had a really tough summer. Too. He absolutely did. He's had a, Two families had tough suffers, yeah. I want to mention. He had a tough go. Yeah. Patrick last year. Patrick, what he's dealt with for the last uh-huh. decade uh-huh. with cancer. Yep. There's been a lot. Mm-hmm. Fran's in his mid-60s. Is it either go back home, take... LaSalle, St. Joe's, you know, go back to Philly, one more go around and Jack plays for you there. Or just, Reset. Or just follow Jack around or just, his college career. Right. Jack goes to a prep school for uh-huh. his final season, follow him around there, yep. do that. Is that something that Jack wants? You know, that's another part of the sure. equation too, but mm-hmm. you just wonder. I mean, he's looked tired, he's been emotional, well, he's been and, different. And, and Trent, here's the other thing too. Um, Yes, what you said is absolutely true, but the fans aren't buying in. No, not They're at not all. buying the tickets. No. I mean, it's it's um, compare the women's atmosphere to the men's atmosphere. It's yeah. not even close, right? Well, wrestling but, environment. Wrestling environment, that too. Ahead of basketball, men's basketball. Look, they have a generational talent. Mm-hmm. I get that. But my good God, what was the attendance? 8,500, is that what was there the last week? Yeah. Now, my if, buddies that were there said it. Would that, that, that number was inflated? Oh, yeah. It was more likely... 6,000, 6,500, something Mm. in that range. Mm -mm -mm. Ohio State comes to town Friday night, 6 o'clock tip-off. You ducking out and driving to Iowa City, you know, get there there for that one? I mean, (laughs) Um, we'll see, but but apathy's setting in. Mm -hmm. It's setting in. So we'll we'll see where it goes, but... um, Tried to make a path for them to, to get to the big debt. Look, even if there's postseason at the, at this point, you know, and that's not a given by any means. No, though the getting into the NIT it's is not what early. it once was. It's early easier now. Oh, it is. Yes, they changed the rules where in the past those regular season champions yeah. from all the mid majors and low majors they don't have they don't get the automatic anymore. No, that path. I is didn't now know gone. that. So, so there's 32 at large bids essentially. 
there's a few that'll be handed. I think it's the top eight teams that don't win their conference tournament that won the regular season get in, but it's not everybody. So there is going to be a lot more opportunities there. Keep your head above 500. Mm -hmm. You have to do that. The NIT environments at Carver have been a lot better than what we've seen in the home environments throughout the years. Uh, Maybe that's something here. And and with a young team, look, they took that NIT run back early in the Fran tenure, and and they built upon that, Mm -hmm. right? It was a fun run. They made Mm -hmm. all the way to the Final Four, so maybe that's something you can build towards. But, yeah, overall, it's it's tough. It's bleak. Fran fatigue, and it's and it's a real it's, it's the real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I I hate to say it. I like the guy. I like his coaching style. A little fiery. Mm-hmm. He loves his team. They're fun to Battles watch. Battles for his team. Um, yeah, it's better than watching lick lighter ball. Oh, it wasn't that bad. I still get such a kick out of a little lick under the basket. Oh, God. Apparently that shot went in against Purdue. Yeah, yeah against Purdue. <laughs> I think it was Kramer that was swatting his shot and. Somehow we put that one Oh, in. my God. That's a funny picture. Anyways, we will uh, talk some baseball coming up here with Matt Snyder. Um, one, one of our um, Twitter followers sent us, if you're a Twins fan, I think some good news. It looks like there's going to be DirecTV for at least one more year, Trent Condon. You're yes. tied to DirecTV. So all those plans <laughs> that you were conjuring up when you're going to cut the cord or yeah. um, not so fast because it looks like Bally's indeed will have Twins baseball at 668. It is. One more year. That's good. I agree. Simplify things. Yep. That much much easier. One more year. One more year. And then we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, that news came out this morning. More baseball conversation. Look forward to catching up with our buddy Matt Snyder. Doodle MLB as we uh, creep closer to uh, baseball season. Again, pitchers and catchers, what, two weeks away or thereabouts. We will speak with Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He joins us at uh, 10 minutes before noon. Uh, Chiefs were going to wear their red. The Niners will wear white gold pants. Um, the number's at two right now with the total of about 47, seemingly is where that number is, at least sitting uh, here in the middle of the week. It has fluctuated a little bit. When it first came out, it was bet down right away. Um, but we'll we'll see. Once the Sharps start getting onto that number and they make their move, that's when you can anticipate that the line, if it is going to move anymore, uh, that's when those uh, movements are going to happen. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We'll take our time out. We'll come back. Before we do that, however, it's time for another $1,000 swoosh. Head to KXNO.com right now. The keyword this hour is bills, bills at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 bills at KXNO.com. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, joins us when Trent and I come back. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Final day. On a Wednesday, an hour from now, David Kaplan joins the program. In about 20 minutes, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, will be here. Matt Snyder's here right now. You know what that music means. He joins us each and every week during the regular season, and it can't get here quick enough, Matt Snyder. I'm so excited to talk to you. I miss baseball. How are you? I'm I'm okay. Uh, my voice is, might might uh, cut in and out here a little bit. I'm a, a little under the weather, but hey, you know what? 
not going to bring me down. I'm good to go. Uh, good to talk to you, and we appreciate you uh, getting through this. So you have a Hall of Fame vote. Um, Beltre, Maurer, and Todd Helton are the 2024 uh, class. Boy, Billy Wagner. Well, he missed by five votes, I want to say, Matt. He's got one more year, probably get over the hump next year. Uh, but on your ballot, did you have all three uh, selected on your ballot? Well, uh, I, I don't have a vote until next year. Oh, I thought you had one this year. Apologies. Okay. No, this is my last year without one. Um, I would have, yes. Uh, Adrian Beltre, I mean, come on. That, yep. That's as obvious as it gets. Um, it, Joe Maurer, when he was a catcher, was one of the best offensive catchers we've ever seen. He's the only catcher to ever win three batting titles, for example. He's one of only 12 catchers to win an MVP. Uh that alone was enough for me, that, that nine- or ten-year span where he was an unbelievable offensive catcher, but also a very good defensive catcher, too. He was not one-dimensional. Um, he, he tacked on some of the counting stats, like getting over 2,000 hits, for example, after he was forced to move to first base for having concussion issues. Uh, I, I think a big part of why those counting stats helped his case for me was it wasn't that he was moved off of being catcher because he wasn't a good enough defender. Uh, if that would have been the case, maybe you'd take away some points there, but it was because of the concussion issues. Uh, so I thought he was an, another obvious one. Um, Helton, I came around on. I was a, kind of a no at first or even maybe a, a maybe mm-hmm. type, but um, I think that we've gotten to the point that we downgrade Rockies offensive players so much that for for their work in Coors Field, that we also need to give them credit for their work on the road because if you look at the the stats, every single year Colorado is toward the top of the year, if not first, in runs scored at home, uh, and almost every other offensive category at home, they're toward the top. But they're also basically last or close to last in every offensive category. It tells me that, yes, it's easier at home, but it makes it way harder on the road so it kind of balances the scales a little bit for me. And uh, that's one of the ways that I, I turned for Larry Walker and Todd Helton. Third year on the ballot for A-Rod. No induction for him. No 34%. So yeah. need to get to 75%, as we know, to get in there. He's got several more years to get it. Do we see this number as time heals all wounds? He's still part of the baseball world. He tries. He's not a likable figure, but he tries to be likable. A-Rod, is there a chance over these next seven years that he eventually gets up to that threshold? Probably a chance, but a really, really, really low one. Mm -hmm. I I mean, there's just no traction at all, no movement. I I would have thought, I really did think that there would be a chance he would move up into the mid-40s by now, but he's basically just stagnated Uh, in three years. and, And it's after Bonds and Clemens have gone off the ballot, and, and Bonds and Clemens got to about two-thirds, both of them were around 66 65%. Um, you have to keep in mind there, neither one of them ever got suspended when there was a testing system in place. A-Rod got suspended. So I, I think that there, that's a big difference between Bonds and Clemens and then A-Rod, and he's on the bad side of that difference. Uh, there are a lot of voters, I'm one of them, or I will be next year, who say, if you have not been suspended by Major League Baseball, I'm just going to let the, the stats speak for themselves. Like, I was a yes on Gary Sheffield. I, I was a yes on Sammy Sosa. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a no on Manny Ramirez, and I'm a no on A-Rod, because they were suspended once there was a system in place. Once there was a system in place, 
if you were still trying to beat the system and you got caught trying to beat the system, that's a non-starter for a lot of people, and I'm included on that list. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think he's ever going to make it. I do think there's a small chance, but I don't think that he's going to get there. I mean, he, he's not even halfway. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's a tough hill for him to get there. We'll we'll see. Uh, Miller and Condon on 106.3 kicks. I know Matt Snyder from CBS Sports is, is joining us. Matt, of what the Dodgers have done the, this offseason, is this good for baseball? I don't <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I'll say that. I, I'm not like, oh, yes, this is great. But I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people think. Uh, they needed to completely rebuild their entire pitching staff going into this offseason. If you looked at it, it was Walker Bueller coming off Tommy John surgery, Bobby Miller coming off his rookie year, and then three question marks basically was their rotation heading into the offseason. So they had to address the rotation. You knew that they were saving up for Otani. We knew that that was probably a foregone conclusion going in. Um, I know that there's a lot of jumping up and down about the deferrals on Otani's contract. But there's, it's not like there's a salary cap that they're skirting here. Yep. Um, the, the contract is going to cost them as if it was paid while he's there instead of them paying it later it's for the luxury tax. So I, I, I'm not seeing the, the huge problem here other than maybe some other teams should spend a little more. Speaking of teams that should spend a little more, the Minnesota Twins in the spotlight this week. (laughs) After trading away Jorge Polanco to Seattle, they get a pretty good prospect. I know that they're excited about uh, Gonzalez, the right-handed power bat, uh, probably a corner outfielder going forward. He'll be a double-A guy this year. A little depth, uh, a reliever and a starter. But overall, Twins, they are the clear-cut favorite in the American League Central. But yeah. Building on the momentum that they finally got a year ago, after two decades of ineptitude, you finally win a playoff series, you give the Astros all they want in the divisional round. I know it's TV money, and they don't know what it's going to look like. However, that comes in from Bally's this upcoming season. But, boy, it felt like there was an opportunity here for the Twins, and they haven't been able to do anything. Yeah, it's it's a total bummer to follow one of the best seasons in decades from through the lens of they advanced in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. and they looked like they had a chance to advance past the second round even, uh, to go into the offseason. And the first thing that any fan hears in the offseason, right after they're so excited, hey, what's going to happen next year? The first thing they hear is, oh, we need to save money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Come on, man. That's just awful PR. The optics are bad. That sucks. Uh, Like you said, they're still the best team in the Central because the White Sox are – not even worth discussing. The Royals still aren't there. The Tigers still aren't there. The Guardians look like they're more concerned with payroll as well. Mm-hmm. And the Twins are better. So they're still the best team in the division. It's just like, well, now that you won a playoff series, it looks like it's time to take the next step. And instead, the next step for ownership seems to be, hey, we're worried about money. And that, again... That's a total bummer. Uh, I, I know this team doesn't move the needle, but uh, just the the, the um, spinoffs around the Oakland A's and where they may play next year. The Tropicana, by the way, um, is where the ballpark is supposed to be built in Las Vegas. They have closed. Yeah. They're not taking any, close, more, yeah, uh, any yep. more reservations after April the 2nd. So the Tropicana is kaput. Uh, I'm not sure when the shovel will go in the ground, but where do the A's play? I saw something yesterday, speaking of Bally's trend, that if uh, if the A's don't play within 70 miles of the Bay Area, 
and I may have that uh, the, the distance wrong, but but with short proximity to the Bay Area, that their TV TV money goes away. Where are they going to play? I mean, can, well, you can know, they patch you know this up? They're not going to get rid of those. You know, they're got, they're worried about the almighty dollar, so they're not going to violate that. Uh, Sacramento. It looks like Sacramento is going to be the place. It's uh, one of the most populous cities that doesn't have a major league baseball team. It's close to the Bay Area. It makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, it looks like from everything I've heard, Sacramento seems to be the place. Interesting. So they fall under that jurisdiction. They're close enough that yeah. they get it done. What's any idea what that minor league stadium's like? I mean, how much renovation, how much work they have to do to get it up to even just minimum standards? Remember when Toronto played in Buffalo yeah, for a while? Buffalo mm-hmm. had to yeah. do some stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, off the top of my head, I don't know that. I do know that it's highly regarded, uh, that there's a decent number of seats. And hey, if you look at the A's attendance last year, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that Sacramento <laughs> would be in, in danger yeah. of like having people overflowing every single game or anything like that. So I think it's going to work out okay. Um, the situation still is, is not that great for me. But, uh, hey, you know, once we finally get it, a team in Vegas not going to complain about that. Hmm. Who, uh, give me, sorry, Trent, are you going to follow up? Uh, who's a team that's flying under the rate? Not like a, I guess what I'm asking you, Matt Snyder, is I love to bet futures, and I'm looking for one that has a little bit looking of a, a dark yeah. horse. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> give me a dark horse that you, that, uh, to keep an eye on. That um, Last year I sniffed out the Rangers before the season at 35-1. to 1. I'd love to do well, that again. Tough these days, isn't it? Because like you you don't feel like as sharp as the betting market is these days, it's really hard to find mm-hmm. somebody like right. that. Um, man, the Rangers last year was a great one. Yeah. There's nobody, nobody. Can I like tell you about all my mistakes, right including the Carolina? <laughs> well, the Padres. Yeah, the Padres, Padres were one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know, man. I, nobody really sticks out to me. Yeah, like me that. neither. Um, it just. We could talk about the Twins. We could talk about yeah. the Cubs, but they're not. They haven't had great off seasons. Mm-mm. It just seems like they could be in the Diamondbacks position, where they're not that great of a team in the regular season, but they're going to make the playoffs anyway. So then anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Phillies, I, I think, once you get about a month away from the playoffs, will be a nice one because you know they're so much better built for the postseason. Yes. But then again, does everybody know that? Yeah. Good so that, that's where it's going to be hard to get in there. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Blue Jays maybe, but again, I, I just, I don't know if they've done enough on offense. No, I don't think they have. No. I mean, there's no Matt Chapman no. anymore. He's gone. And, um, yeah. and I don't, I mean, Justin Turner's 40 years old for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. It's tougher. Yeah. It's, I, I don't have anybody like the, like last year's Rangers. I, I, as I'm just looking at the teams right now, nobody jumps out that's exciting like that. You threw out the Tigers. I mean, I what I guess I'm tr- going to try yeah. and do is uh, like I, I agree with Trent. The Twins are the team to beat in the Central, but I mean, I'm just trying to find somebody to come to life when you don't expect it. Tigers are that team yeah. that we keep thinking is about to pop, and yet they never do. I don't know. We'll see. I, do, I don't think they're there yet. All right. I mean, it's you could see like Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson could have breakout mm-hmm. seasons. But there still just isn't any lineup depth there. But then again, the Central's so bad, so you never know. It's possible. I do feel like one of the Centrals is where that could be your right. Spot. I agree. Yep, I agree. Because they're weak. Yep. So then you could get somebody that makes the playoffs and then makes an unexpected run. Last thing for me, Matt, and uh, Snyder's soapbox this week, a weekly column over at CBS where you talk about something going on. 
Uh, you took a different path. Scott Boris, I mean, this isn't a hot take. I think most people think he sucks. But yeah. you went the other direction. Uh, take the listeners in a little bit and what you said. Uh, not blaming Scott Boris for all these big free agents still out there. Well, how dare he try to do his job, right? right. If anything, I'm, I would be angry at the teams and the owners for not ponying up for these players who are worth what they're asking. Um, I... I understand the angst and, and how it's easy to blame Scott Morris. And when you see player salaries and you see high prices, you think that they're correlated. And then you, the person you blame is the agent. But everybody knows ticket prices are actually based on demand. Otherwise, the Tampa Bay Rays could just jack up prices and say, oh, now we're going to sign all the big free agents because we're just going to charge people more. It doesn't work that way because then people won't go. The price point has to be set based on demand. And uh, that doesn't have anything to do with an agent trying to get the best for his players. And, yes, I know he's incredibly annoying, and I agree with the sentiment that he's annoying when he holds court at the winter meetings, but he's just an agent who's doing his job, and he's one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business. And it's tiresome for me for people to just easily scapegoat him when he's just good at his job. And I don't think being good at your job – is a crime when all you basically do is maybe cost billionaires a little bit more dollars mm-hmm. and make us wait a little bit longer. I agree with you. We got thirty seconds yeah, I mean, left. Go ahead. That's not that big. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Right? Yeah. Uh, in our final thirty seconds, uh, the four players that you uh, mentioned in, in your column. Um, let, let's get your uh, crystal ball out. Cody Bellinger is a. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, the easy answer is Cubs, Cubs, but it's just feeling yeah. more and more unlikely. So I'll say Giants. Matt Chapman is a? That one's Cubs. Jordan Montgomery is? Oh. I think Rangers are I, Giants. I don't know. Maybe. Yankees, maybe, but okay. they are behind Stroma. I don't know. Yeah. And then Blake Snow. Cubs. Mariners. Ooh. Although they don't seem like they want to spend, I I don't know, man. I, all four of them, it's just who knows at this point. <laughs> yeah, if the um, if the Mariners can pick them up, maybe that West Division might be where we look yeah. as well. Matt Snyder, I love talking baseball with you. I miss it. It'll be here before we know it. It's a long, long grind, but I uh, uh, can't wait for it to get here. Have a get better, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Matt Snyder. All right. CBSSports.com for Matt. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you, Matt Snyder, as we check in on MLB. It's 11.45. We'll check in on the Super Bowl bound. Kansas City Chiefs, did you see that both of the teams are staying 35 miles from the street? Where is that? I, I, there's a lake. They're staying at Lake Las Vegas, I think is what it was called. And there's so a couple what, of resorts. What properties there. are out there? I, one, I think, a was Marriott? Maybe, I think a Weston? Something like that, but they look beautiful. I and saw they're a both of both the teams are staying at the. the there's two different resorts yes, out yep, there. Yep, that's where they're staying. Interesting. Probably it? a good call. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> a good call. Uh, Mitch Holt is next. Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three. The Metro HCI dot com. Let's talk to the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch Holtis joins the program. Papa John Central Eye was sponsor uh, these every week occurrences during the regular season, and he's back with us again. Oh, Mitch, uh, way to go, man. Uh, that's unbelievable that this uh, Kansas City Chiefs team, they had to go on the road. They shut up their critics, and off they go to another Super Bowl. How are you? Well, uh, dealing with a lot of logistics, but uh, first world problem. Yeah, to go on the road twice to win these games back-to-back. I mean, just guys, just take a second. At Buffalo and at Baltimore. 
to win those two games on the heels of playing a game in minus 30 wind chill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this 2023-24 Chiefs team, is it's not been easy. Uh, Matt McMullen, our senior team reporter, people can find it if they get the Chiefs app or can go on Facebook and, and or Spotify or any place you find podcasts. But we, we talk about different paths, same destination. But it's been a very different path for this team to get to this point. But here we are and headed to Vegas. Off to Vegas he goes. San Francisco will be awaiting. We'll get to that in a moment. But watching Patrick Mahomes, they get off to the hot start. I mean, just a beautiful game script. What Nagy and Reed and company came up with, I thought was a thing of beauty early in that football game, keeping the ball out of Baltimore's hands and marching down the field. And Mahomes, he's great. He's talented. But there's so much more than just the talent. What is it about him? What is that more that he has? Because talent, a lot of people have talent. What makes him so different, so special? It's going to sound cliche, but I don't know how else to say it, but rising to the moment, to know how to play and what to do at the right time. And we're talking six straight playoff games. He's not throwing an interception. Hmm. In AFC championship games alone, Trent, his uh, QBR is 113, I think, (laughs) with 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. And that's in conference championship games. He now has 14 playoff wins. That ties John Elway. Peyton Manning and Terry Bradshaw. I think this Baltimore game, and you you alluded to it, you infer it. If you look at the way people, well, he didn't throw for 300 yards, he didn't play that great. If you look at what Patrick Mahomes did in the Baltimore game, and in some ways the, the Buffalo game, that's the way Joe Montana won. That's the way, look at Peyton Manning, the way he won Super Bowl 50. Mm-hmm. He didn't throw for 400 mm-hmm. yards. He made plays when he needed to, but he played to the strength of his defense. It's the way uh, Troy Aikman won Super Bowls. And so for Mahomes to do it this way says a lot about the way he has matured and learned, but he also then makes the incredible throw to Kelsey. You can go two years and not see that throw from anybody. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing throw. Kyle Hamilton cannot cover that any better. So. There's my answer. Yeah, uh, just bringing up memories of Demarcus Ware and Von Miller in the no-fly zone play. That yeah. seems like a long time ago. You know what? Where well, I want, no, but, but, but go look at his stats. Look at no, Peyton's you're stats. right. You're 100 percent right. And look can... at look at Joe Montana's stats, and even Elway's stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go back to the back-to-backer, I mean, so we all think that hey, these guys threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, and wow, what a great job. No, those quarterbacks played to the strength of their team, not just their defense. But they made the critical play when they had to. That's what Mahomes has done time and time and time again. And to think that he's tied with Elway and Peyton Manning Jeez. and Bradshaw in playoff wins, being 14-3 and three, under the age of 30 is crazy. It really is. Uh, Elway had Terrell Davis, and then uh, the next one, uh, that long pass to Rod Smith. But, but you're right. You know where I want to go, Mitch, with you? I want to go maybe some of the, yeah, um, Kelsey was unbelievable, and Patrick Mahomes, and Pacheco, etc. I thought Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, mm-hmm. and Drew Tranquil had, and, and Justin Reed coming through and, and uh, on those blitzes had their hands all over this victory, their fingerprints all over this victory. I tried to. I mean, I tried to uh, allude to this in the last two weeks, but this is a defense uh, that has the capability of playing toe to toe with Josh Allen and. In, in that game, James Cook and Dalton Kincaid and, and Stefan Diggs and this chance to stand toe to toe with Lamar Jackson and the weapons that the Ravens had, whomever that was going to be. And 
because of the guys that you mentioned. This is an unusual and talented and tough and smart. Those guys are all crazy smart. You talk about the no-fly zone. The McDuffie slash Sneed slash Reed, and I'm going to throw Tranquil in there as kind of a weak side backer combo guy. Guys, they're, they're incredibly intelligent. They're tough. They don't miss many tackles. They can cover. They can play the run. And they're going to need to play at a superb level to beat San Francisco. But again, they're built that way. And they just, they just haven't been talked about enough because the bright lights of Mahomes and Kelsey shine brightly. And I get all, get all that. But you, you've done an excellent job of bringing that up because honestly, that's a big reason why the Chiefs are here. In the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Now, Kansas City, has they been there a bunch here recently? What's the fan base? What do you anticipate with it being a destination like Las Vegas? How is Kansas City going to travel to this Super Bowl? And you've obviously been to them all. How is this one going to rate compared to some of the past Super Bowl appearances? I think it'll be similar to Glendale okay. from the standpoint that the stadium, and it's so corporate that a lot of those seats are eaten up with NFL partners and, and such. But I think that what we saw last year, I mean, Philadelphia had a gob of fans there, but so did we. And it'll be the same. San Francisco's close, so that doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, it, it'll be, I think it'll be similar to what we saw in Super Bowl 54 in Miami and 57. Now, 55 was the COVID year. That was nuts. But I, I, let me say this about that. I'm going to go off the track, but it's, it's somewhat similar. That this week, what I've learned, you know, for years of hoping to be in this game, I thought, why do you have a bye week before the Super Bowl? Just play the game. Like, it seems like an overkill. It's not. Right. It's not. And I think that the Chiefs have done an excellent job with their infrastructure. And my thesis is you can't win the game this week, you guys, but you can lose it. Mm, interesting. You have to take care of your business, meaning uh, tickets, logistics, um, taking care of your friends and family, travel to get there, take care of your business and have it done really by end of business tonight. Uh, we've because got Thursday. You put in the game plan Thursday, Friday. So I'm giving you a long answer, but you can you can you can't win the game this week. You can lose it. When do you guys go? When do you lose? Sunday or Monday? It'll be Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we're required. The NFL puts you on their calendar. Yep. Uh, and because once you get out there, it's nothing but a distraction. <laughs> Bad. Uh, let's uh, let's well. Hopefully, we'll talk to you next week if your schedule allows. If not, let's get this out there no, now. We'll talk to you. I'll, I'll talk to you. I told Trent. Um, you know, I just got to calculate. It'll be nine fifty my time out there. But yeah, no, we're in. All right, it's good stuff. Important to talk to you guys, but yeah, I love these chats. So do we. I get feedback from people. Listen to it. Actually, it's a novel concept. How right. about that? Absolutely, Papa John Central. I will tell you about the Super Bowl specials and everything going on with the Donaldsons, etc. Next week, we're out of time. Mitch, thanks for finding time for our audience. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you, bud. Mitch Holt is voice of the Kansas City Chiefs as he checks in, and we'll check in next week for Las Vegas. Good for him. I mean, mm-hmm. that, he doesn't need to do that. And he is staying with the team, so he will be at the Westin Lake Las Vegas. And that's northeast of town. Never been there. Never been. Never been. You I guess live we there. must fly over it going in, right? Right. You have to. Hour two next, Adam Emenecker and David Kaplan. It's 106.3 KXNO.